Good morning. Why don't you go ahead and stand with us today? It's been so amazing in this series. Um, all the things that we've seen, all the things that we have felt. Um, one of the things that stuck out so much to me is it's not just about the race, it's also about the chase. This exhilarating chase after the heart of Jesus. So as we close out this series, we want to teach you a new song. So we're going to start with that today. Uh, why don't you just join us as you learn it? I'm chasing you. I'm so
don't you turn around and meet someone, welcome them to church today, and then you can find your way back to your seat. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the assembly. It's so good to see you all here today. It's awesome to be able to look around and see you connecting, see you worshiping together. And that's what we believe this church is all about and church should be all about is, is coming together and worshiping, connecting. And if it's your first time, we hope that you've gotten that sense of what the assembly is about and what we stand for and that God's presence is here and that this is a place that you could call your church home. If it's your first time, if you'll take a second, fill out this connection card that's in the seat in front of you. One of the perks of this is that we'll bring you a gift later on in the week, and it will have some cookies, a kind of a hot and cold tumbler mug, and so some great things with that. But it also gives us some more information about your family so we can connect with you and let you know more about ways that you can get involved and connected here at the church. And so if you'll drop that in the offering as it passes by in here in just a moment, this is a great way for us to be able to connect with you and your family. It's a new semester, and so lots of new faces are going to be on the, the college campuses around town. And, and I'm the young adult pastor here at the church, and I just want to take uh, any opportunity I can to be able to meet you and get connected with you. And so right after church, it's actually going to be my treat. If you're a young adult or a young professional looking for ways to, to get connected and to meet new people, meet me right up here at the front, and I'm going to take you to lunch. I promise I'll do most of the talking, so that way you can enjoy your food. But I can meet you and let you know about Elevate Young Adult adults and what we do here um, with the ministry for your age group. Uh, another thing that's happening right after service is a class that we call Dream Team 401. And this is all about finding ways to get involved with any ministry of the church, whether that's worship or outreach or youth or, or students or, or kids ministry, any level of involvement. This is how you find out the way that you can help make this church happen and make this church better and, and the way that you can get involved with that. So that happens in room 232 right after the service. Lunch is also provided for that. So lots of good things going on uh, today. Uh, coming up in September, Pastor Ron is going to be starting a new series on relationships. And so we're going to really push connection here at the church. The first thing that we have coming up with that is our men's worship night that's going to be on September 9th, and that's going to be worship and preaching and connection. And then that Saturday, we're going to go play golf at the Canyons at Blackjack Ridge. And I don't know about you, but it's just a, a great time to go. And if it's working out frustration on the golf ball, I mean, I'm not a great golfer, but I love hitting the driving range and just going and crushing a few balls. So if you want to go and connect with some other guys, play some golf, have some fun, this is going to be a great weekend for you to do that. And then on September 23rd and 24th, we don't want to leave the ladies out. And so we have a women's conference coming up with uh, a guest speaker. Her name is Maria Derso. She's from New York City, just an incredible woman of God, an incredible example. And you definitely don't want to miss the things that she has to say. 
so the deadline for the men's conference or for the golf outing is next Sunday. So make sure if you want to go play golf, the, the worship night for the guys, there's no registration required for that. But if you want to play golf, next Sunday is your deadline. For the women, uh, September 1st is when the price goes up for that. So make sure you hit the lobbies today. There are people there selling tickets. So you can go and get that information and buy your ticket and get everything settled for September 23rd and 24th. And the last announcement we have is this Wednesday night is our fall kickoff. It's going to be a new semester and a new season here at the church with some great things happening. So this will be a time for families to come. We'll have some food, some ice cream, and a lot of fun of, of inflatables. So kind of an all-age thing. And one of the cool things that happens this Wednesday is you can get kind of a, a preview and a perspective into some of the classes from, from kids to youth to adults. And so come and find out more if, if you're a family or a parent that, that has kids and you haven't gotten involved on a Wednesday, this is the week where you wanna come and check that out for sure. Well, as the ushers come forward, just wanna celebrate the things that God is doing here at the assembly. Lots of incredible things. His presence has been so real in our classes and our services and everything that's happening all throughout the week. It doesn't just, it's not just about what happens on Sunday. It's, that's like our all together moment, but there's ministry happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every single day of the week, God is doing things. And so as you give, know that you're giving with purpose. Know that you're, that you're giving towards what God is doing for his kingdom. And we want to celebrate that over the last two weeks, 16 students have given their hearts to Christ. So let's, let's give it up for God. So as you give, you're a part of that. As you give, you're giving with purpose and you're giving towards what's happening in hearts and lives being changed and for his kingdom. So let's just pray and ask God that he would use this offering today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your generosity. God, we thank you for how you use us as a part of your kingdom, that we have that, that privilege and that opportunity to serve, but we also have that privilege and that opportunity to give so that we, we can have a hand in reaching people for your kingdom. God, bless this offering. We pray it be used for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. God. One more time for 16 people that have accepted Jesus as their Savior over the, just the last couple of weeks. That's, that's the ultimate miracle right there, and it never gets old to hear that Jesus is still changing lives.
if we want to tell you what this service is all about, uh, leading up to it has been some of the most powerful experiences we've had in a long time on Sunday. The series running has really challenged us at at a personal level and as a church. And so praying about the way to close it, I felt a leading to get into the message early on in the service. A lot of times we will sing a couple songs, have announcements and offering, then continue to worship. There are times we do all of the singing, three, four, five songs, and then we'll have announcements and offering, move into the message. But today I want to adjust it to where we go into the message and then we are leaving specific and extended time to really experience God. What, what would mean the most to me when you leave here is that you could say to someone, and certainly to yourself, I experienced the presence of God today. I am so convinced of his presence and its, its ability to meet you where you are and to be what you need, that giving place for that is, it's like a great opportunity. And we do that in different ways each Sunday, but on this one, I just wanna be very upfront that we will be moving shortly into a time of just waiting before God as we worship and letting him work and just kind of do a, uh, an impacting work in our hearts as we go forward. Because next week, I will start talking about relationships. You received as you came in today or you can get one as you leave. It is a community group catalog. It looks like this and it tells you what we offer from A to Z for ways you can connect. It speaks into books of the Bible and it becomes devotional and spiritual growth in that way or you can take being a community group on finance or if you're dealing with a habit, some kind of thing that's, that could potentially be destructive in your life, there are groups you could be involved in and I don't know what kind of groups you've been involved in in the past, if you have some thought about this. You know, when you come to these, no one is gonna like put you in the middle of a circle and say, okay, tell us everything you've ever done. We won't do that until week two. So just no, week one is really easy. No, these are great groups. These are led by people who, who know what they're doing and they love you and they love what God has put in their heart to share. And so check it out and it will tell you how you can connect because here's what we know. As God begins to work in our hearts personally, it then has to work out in terms of relationship. We have four things that we do strategically to live out our vision of serving neighbors and nations. We have to know God, yes? We then have to maximize our potential, and that is where we get very focused relationally. If you take this running series, it would fall under the category of helping us to know God, have a greater passion for God. This relationship series is then taking that work that's been happening between us and the Lord and then seeing how it can strengthen our relationships. And in the context of relationship, iron will sharpen iron. And so that's personal with your friends, the circle that you already have, or maybe you come into a new group because we've got to move beyond just this gathering here and move into discipleship and community connection beyond this Sunday gathering. So check this out. Men, get involved in this great opportunity coming up in just a couple of weeks. Come to the worship event. Go play golf. If you've never played golf before, it doesn't matter. We just want to get together. I play golf a lot. It will look like I've never played before. I promise you. So it's not about 
It's not about if you can play golf. It's about let's be together. Let's have a great time. Ladies, come to the women's conference. You will love it. Bring someone with you. And we are expectant about what the Lord is going to do in all these things. Let's thank God for the people who lead us, the people who give their time. Check these out and get connected. And it will be used by the Lord in helping you maximize your potential. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we have so carefully entered this season and you have proven so faithful each Sunday and each day of the week. Lord, we know that you are about to do some things that will culminate this series and prepare us for the next part of the process of our vision and church life and influence in this community. God, just bring everyone's attention in and on you. We come in with all of these things that have happened through the week that are going on around us that would bid for our attention even while we're sitting here. But Lord, you, you wanna do something, so give us a carefulness of attention today and concentration and such a responsive heart. And we will leave here knowing that you have met with us. And, and that's the most amazing thing, that you, almighty God, all-powerful God, would meet with us today. We thank you for it, and everybody said, amen. The last sentence of Philippians chapter three, verse 14, message paraphrase says, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I hope this is meaningful to you more than ever, that we're off, we're no longer stuck, we're out of the starting block, it's a fresh season, it's a fresh start, and we're going with momentum and passion, not half-hearted, not uncertain, not lacking faith, but with a, a fresh fire in our heart as Paul had, we are running and we're not turning back. We refuse to be distracted, no longer captured by our history, something that has happened in days gone by that would seek to keep us or even sabotage the future that God has for us. Paul is saying it's not just a race, it's a chase. That once Jesus saves you, you go on a life pursuit of knowing him more, of serving him with a greater intensity. And it's all out of a love that is in your heart, that is a growing, hung, a growing hunger in you, like you just can't get enough. And I pray that that describes you more than ever, that we're not just this kind of low energy, kind of like we've got a low-grade fever going through life, hoping that someday, however the rapture's gonna happen, Jesus will come back and get us and we'll just get swept away. But until then, we're just kind of plodding along. No, we are off and running. We've got vision, passion, purpose, and a dream. And we refuse to let anything about the future distract us or sabotage what God is doing. Amen. That's, that's, that's been the tone. That's been the the culture that the Holy Spirit's been setting through this, trying to find a, a passage that would even more clarify what God's doing right now. I was led to Isaiah 43. A few verses, again, message paraphrase. Let me show it to you. Forget about what's happened. That's Isaiah's way of saying what Paul said. Forgetting what lies behind, I'm taking a hold of what lies ahead. Don't keep going over old history. In other words, it's time to be free. Let's move on. Let's move forward. 
Set your face is what the Bible says. Set your focus. Let the Holy Spirit empower you to be so dialed into what God is doing and will do that there's no place for old history to trap you again. Amen. Be alert. Be present. God's working right now. And if the enemy of your soul has his way, he'll pull you back into things that have happened in your history and keep you from experiencing what the Lord wants to do today. We're not going to let that happen. We're alert. We are fully present. Not what I need to do, not what has happened. Nothing will distract me. Lord, I'm all here. It's like I'm really here. We've all been guilty at times of going down the road, maybe having a conversation with our spouse or our kids. And as we're talking, we're like, I am talking, but I don't even know what they said. Why? Because we're not fully present. We're there, but we're not there. Our mind is somewhere else. Our thoughts are on something else. Say yes if you've ever had that experience. We know what that's like. And it can happen right now. You can get preoccupied with other things. Hey, be fully present. Be alert. God is about to do something in your heart and in this place. Can you say yes? I love the way it's phrased here. I'm about to do something brand new. God, in another version, he says, God is doing a new thing. Do you feel that in your heart? I feel that in my spirit. I, I sense that among us. God is doing a new thing. God is about to do something brand new. It can't be stopped. It's bursting out. Like, it's uncontrollable. John says it's like a fountain. It springs up and it just flows and it grows. It's amazing. Don't you see it? There it is. And then I love this. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. See the road as the plan of God. See the river as the presence of God. And see that the plan and the presence of God as he does a new thing, that plan and presence don't require a certain circumstance. The presence and the plan of God is not threatened by difficulty. It's not threatened by low valleys, by bad lands, by difficult places. God can do a new thing. God can fulfill his purpose no matter what is happening around us. There is no threat and there is no diminishing the presence of Jesus. If you will fully open your heart to Jesus, the one who is birthing the dream in you, the one who's created you for destiny, you can experience the new thing and there will be such faith that you'll experience his plan and presence right now, right where you are. Nothing changing around you. There would be certain times we say, you know what? When I come through something, when I come through, then I'll be off and running and I'll, I'll not turn around. When I get out of this valley, when I come through this bad place, this bad season, then I'll be off and running. That's not the context. That's not the way God works. Right here, right now, if it's the most negative time, if it's the most difficult season, I'm saying to you by the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit has a plan. The Holy Spirit's presence will be there, not threatened by what's going on. Matter of fact, loves to show up in the badlands. Does some of his best work in the hard places. How many of the, the, the portions of Scripture are written from people in low valleys? Just read through the scripture and watch what Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, did in caves. Like bad places, furnaces, a den of lions, like 
tough, tough places where there was pressure and stress and it was not a problem for God. God showed his plan and his presence and he did what he had destined to do. I'm telling you, there's no power like our God. There's no power like the promise of God. There's no hope like that is in the name of Jesus. There's nothing that can compare to his power no matter what's happening in you or around you. I'm telling you, God is up to a new thing and it can happen right here and right now, right in the context of where you are. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I don't know how it's feeling out there, but up here it's feeling rather strong. I feel in my heart. I'm telling you, by the time this service is over, there's going to be an opening of the heavens over this place. I sense it deep, deep in my spirit. Here's, here's a question for us. You know, how, how do we keep the awesome from becoming average? Lamentations tells us that the mercies of God, they're brand new every morning. That the Holy Spirit is a spirit of newness, always renewing, charging us up. Paul, in his roughest times, where he thought, I surely thought we would die. He said, but I learned, I learned, I learned a lesson. We learn not to depend on ourselves, but to depend on God who raises the dead. Who's speaking of the life-giving presence of Jesus. Paul grew in this knowledge of the life of the Holy Spirit even from new birth in Christ like when we were dead in our sins but God who is rich in mercy by his great love he made us alive by the grace of God Paul talked about the inner war that goes on and there's a struggle but we know that right now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is greater than the law of sin and death. There is an influence and power in the life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome when you're walking in a, in a new work of God, when you're walking in a fresh season of passion for Him, when you're off and running. It's awesome, but we don't want the awesome to become average. We know what it's like to to give a gift to our kids, or we know about this in our own life. We get something and we love it and it's awesome. But over time, it becomes average, routine. It doesn't have that same attraction. It, it doesn't tweak our interest. We're, we're not as energized by it because it's just normal. It's like if you are working on the iPhone 5, you, you know there's another one that has come out. And, and there's just something about, you know, what was once awesome becomes average. And here's the question. Will that happen to the new season? Is walking with Jesus, walking into a season that's awesome, but then we know by looking at church history that things will happen and that fire will dwindle and what was once a roaring flame will just be barely a spark. And if... God doesn't raise up someone like a voice crying in the wilderness and saying, wake up and stir up the gift. Then we'll just kind of live out our days in lukewarmness. John even had to challenge a church that once had this fire and awesomeness of God, but it had become average and they were mediocre spiritually. Hey, is that what, what the future holds? Right now it's awesome, but it'll be average. We're gonna have to fire up again. If that's true, then why did Paul say, we go from glory 
to glory. Like I fully believe you can backslide. I've done it many times. But you don't have to. You can lose your passion for Jesus, but you don't have to. You can lose that desire and hunger for God, but you don't have to. Paul says, we go from glory to glory. So I'm saying that the awesome never has to become average. As a matter of fact, the awesome can be even more awesome as the days go by. But how do we live in that? How do I stand before you in one year and say it's only gotten better? How do I stand before you in one month and say my hunger is more than ever before, just more of you, Jesus? How do I stand before you in six months and say like Paul, I'm chasing after him. I'm on a pursuit of just more and more. And the more I know him, the more I love him. And the more I love him, the more I want to know him. I just can't get enough. There's mystery and depth and awesomeness. I just can't find the words. I live to wake up another day for one more day to pursue Jesus. How do we live in that? And I would just say, We must keep falling in love with Jesus. It's all about that love for him. Fiddler on the Roof is this story of a dad who has five girls. And in their culture, the dad picked the husband for each daughter. Imagine that. And so he would get a matchmaker it would be like if you're going to match.com, I work with match.com and say that one is for my daughter. Now, here, here's the problem with the story of Filler on the Roof. As, as the girls would come to their dad and say, go catch me a catch. Go find me a fine. Who's fine? That's not in the story, but it just seemed to fit. Different fine, different spelling, but you know what I'm saying? Don't bring back. But anyway, uh, you know, I, so in the process of dad trying to find a find and catch a catch, the daughters were finding guys on their own and falling in love. And they liked who they picked more than who dad picked. And so it became an issue. And in trying to figure out the issue, dad realizes that his marriage was arranged. He's been in it 25 years And he comes to this question, does she love me because she loves me or does she love me because she has to? So he goes to his wife and says, do you love me? She says, I love you. I cook your meals, wash your clothes, clean your house, and I've given you kids. I milk your cow. Why after 25 years do you talk about love now? He's asking the internal question. He's asking like, do you love me from your heart and is all this that you do because you love me? She speaks strictly from, from the external. Duty. He's like, well, is there delight? Or is there just duty? 
Do you love me? Or are you doing this because you have to? If we stood before God and opened up the, the essence and truth of our heart, do we go to church because we have to? Do we give some money because we have to? Do we read our Bible because we have to? Whatever kind of observance you make toward following Jesus, is it because you have to or is it because you love him? Matthew said there would be many people on that reckoning day that would stand right before Jesus and Jesus would say, I don't don't know you. And people will say, but I went to church and I paid my tithe and I read my Bible. But he's like, but I'm, I'm asking you about the relationship. The way awesome stays awesome. The way it gets even better is that We stay in love with Jesus. Keep falling in love with the one who demonstrated his love for us in this. That while we were sinners, Jesus died. That Jesus has made us in right standing before God. And that it's not by works that any of us can do, have ever done, or ever will do. It's all by the work of Jesus. My performance is not the issue. If I make my performance the issue, then I discredit the performance of Jesus on the cross and I make my performance more important than his. And what a sacrilegious thought that is. We are who we are. Paul said this. We're who we are by the grace of God. All that we are, all that we do, all that we will ever do. He said, all that I am, all that I do, I work hard, I have this passion, I serve hard, and it's all Because of grace, this incredible love of Jesus that found me a wretched sinner and looked beyond all of my sin and saved me and changed me and washed me and forgave me and like picked me up and put me on a whole new road. I'm chasing him not out of duty. I'm chasing after him out of love and delight. I'm so grateful and I'm so passionate for more of him. And I serve and I give and I pray and I pursue truth because I love him. Because I love him. You know, remember when the one-year Bible came out and you'd check off when you read a day? And then you would miss a few days and then you're like, oh, I missed all of February. And you would try to catch up like, it can just become duty. I know this in living in the Bible Belt where there's so many churches and a culture so full of the things of God. We can make those things we just check off and our relationship becomes more of, I go to church occasionally. I give occasionally. Like it, not out of a bad heart, but we just it becomes routine. It's just, there are things way more important. They become way more important than Jesus and the things of God. And then we move into apathy and complacency when it could be glory to glory. And the way we keep awesome from becoming average is to stay in love with Jesus. If you're married, you get this. You know if you don't keep that relationship fresh, it will become stagnant. It will become average. It will become routine. And you have to say, wait a minute. Do you love me? And you're asking the internal question. 
And if you say, well, look at all the duties. No, that's not what I, something I need. Do you love me? We, I talked about the doldrums, that zone where there's no fresh air, where the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere collide, and the wind of the north and the south, they cancel each other out, and it's just the worst place. And before ships had motors, ships sailing close to the equator would get into this zone. It's a convergent zone. And suddenly there was no wind. And the effort they were making was not sufficient. And if they doubled their effort, it wasn't enough. The sails just lie dormant and stagnant and was still. And oh, what a picture of the Christian life. What a picture of what the church can be. And you can take every person on that ship and just say, blow into the sails. And it's not enough to move them. And it's not enough to move the ship. You cannot in human instrumentality, and God forgive me for trying. You can't make the church fired up for Jesus by human activity. Here is the key to spiritual life. If all of us will be in love with Jesus, if we will love the one who first loved us, if we will open our hearts and be passionate for him, then my friend, your worship will be influenced by that attitude, by that heart, and you just can't get enough, can't wait for Sunday because we gather in worship, can't wait for Monday because I know how to have my own personal worship experience. I don't know about you, there have been times I've been going down the road in my car and worship was going on. I had to pull the car over because the spirit of the Lord was so strong that if I kept driving, I was gonna do some damage. I just pulled over because it was so rich. You can experience him all by yourself. And we can experience him together. And we can just grow in our love for Jesus. And one month from now, one year from now, glory to glory to glory. Delivered, being delivered. Yet I will be delivered. Perfection, no. Paul said, I'm delivered, been saved. I'm being delivered. That war on the inside. Flesh and spirit. Paul said, ah, what's going on? I love Jesus. I'm saved. What I don't want to do, I do. What about this? And he learned that the power of the cross had delivered him from condemnation. And now the law of the spirit of life could work in his heart. And he could learn to be like that butterfly from the cocoon to this beautiful Soaring, this once creepy, crawling, unsightly thing to a beautiful, soaring, free butterfly. That's the power of the Holy Spirit transforming the believer who is in love with Jesus. Yes, that's what we want. That's what will keep it awesome. That's what will keep it fresh. That'll keep you out of that zone of lifelessness spiritually. Oh God, help us. I want to take you into some verses and then we're going to open this experience to go after him and worship out of our love for him. John. He 
He wrote about friendship with Jesus. It, it, it has just wrecked me this week. God creator, God almighty. When you leave today, you leave under the blue sky. That was, it's a creation of God. Tonight, there will be billions of stars spread, spread across the sky above you. By this amazing creator God. And he has chosen to make himself known and to be a friend. That blows my mind. We even sang it in the past. I am a friend of God. Really? Are you kidding? How amazing is that? So John came along. And he started writing about friendship with Jesus. Here's what he said, first verse of 1 John 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. He's like, I'm not passing on something secondhand. I'm writing to you about what I've seen with my own eyes. What I've heard with my own ears. We saw him with our own eyes, touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This is John who, like Paul, is discovering this life-giving presence. John is the one who wrote in his, his first book was part of the Synoptic Gospels, and he talked about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of God. Wow. As he grows in that knowledge of friendship, he, he's the one who wrote about how there is a thief. And that thief has an agenda. That thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But this one has come that you might have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. He's saying this one's come so it'll be awesome, not average. Man. John, he's walking in that, that truth that's firsthand and he's passing it on. So in verse 2 he says, This one who is life itself was revealed to us. We have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. Now pause right there. That can't be said of anyone else. No one else offers that. Nothing else offers that. How awesome is it for you and me that we're in a place where we see this truth. You are eternal. That, that's how you're fashioned and you will spend eternity somewhere and there's only one person who determines that. And if you submit to Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, then you get eternal life with him. And you're, you're, we're not in a place that is presenting to us a false doctrine, a false truth. No, 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 no. We're in this place where we see that Jesus is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. Verse 3. We proclaim to you, what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that, and I want to stop there for a moment, because what we read next has to be the most important thing. John is saying, I'm telling you what I've seen. 
I'm telling you what I've seen with my eyes and heard with my ears. And he presents that Jesus is the Christ, the Christ of God. He's the word of life. He is life. He is eternal life. It's John 3, 16, all wrapped up in John 1, verses 1 through 3. It's awesome. And he presents Jesus so that, so that, so that what? So that we'll be forgiven, so that we will be holy, so that we will not be who we used. What's going to be the answer? Because the answer to this so that is everything. Here's what John says. So that you may have fellowship. Forgiven, yes. Made righteous, yes. Set free from the past, yes. But all of that so that we can have friendship and fellowship with Jesus. It's not just about going to church and giving money and serving. It is about a relationship. If any way you've lost that or you never bought into that, that's Everything is right there. It is everything. It's a relationship or it's nothing. It's a relationship with Jesus. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And notice what he says in verse 4. We are writing these things, and he, one more so that, so that you may fully share our joy. Another version says so that your joy will be full. Is your joy full today? The fullness of joy is not a byproduct of what's happening around me. Full joy is a result of friendship with Jesus, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's where the full joy comes from. There are times that I I leave from preaching a sermon and feel gifted to, to preach the gospel and it seems to go well. And there's a fulfillment in thinking that God used me. It was great. There are times that I feel like I, I royally mess it up. And so there's frustration and I wish I could re-preach it like give me a mulligan on that sermon, please. And there are no mulligans in this thing. And, and, and you can begin to rest your hat on achievement. You can rest your hat on going to church, on serving, giving. I can rest my hat on, on an aspect of my job, but my joy fluctuates because it's about me. Fullness of joy is because I'm in right relationship, in close relationship, fresh relationship with Jesus. That Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, would want to be in my car on the way home. Want to be in my house with me and my family. Want to be part of our life's journey. It's amazing. If you've been raised in church, you probably heard somewhere along the way someone sing, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I was around believers that I didn't think modeled that, and then I was around some that 
definitely modeled that, and I'm so thankful. As I've gotten older, it wasn't that one group had tough times and the others didn't. Just, there was a group of people who got this. You can't possibly know how much I want this for every one of us. My grandmother lived in this little bitty house. I would go to her house. When I would leave, I like was It'd be like leaving spiritually a millionaire's house. Like, presence of Jesus. So amazing. I'm so thankful to God for parents and my grandmother who modeled, like, loving Jesus. She taught a Sunday school class for over 50 years. But I never saw her say, I have to do it again. I'm on the schedule. It's duty. She had, I get to do this. I get to go to church. In her 60s, around 63, she's diagnosed with cancer. By that time, I'm her pastor. She's hospitalized. and We're in that zone not knowing exactly the outcome and what the prognosis will be. We just know. She has cancer, and I go visit her in the hospital room, and I'm going to, man, my memo has blessed me. I'm going to go and be an encouragement to her. And I go in there, and she's in that bed just worshiping Jesus, loving Jesus. I think, oh, I want that. Circumstances, they didn't get to dictate her, her well-being, her thought process, her attitude. She had a relationship with Jesus. And the Lord was her portion. And the Holy Spirit's fellowship with her gave her a joy that was full in in the badlands, in the deep, dark valleys, in the desert places. She would talk to me about waves of the glory of God that would come across her soul as she would just pray and seek him. I'm feeling some of those waves right now. The waves. She went from glory to glory. We can too. She just loved him. She kept it simple. She just loved him. She loved him. Lord Jesus, we love you. You you speak that from your heart right now. Just evaluate. Come to that place of just love Jesus. Love him. We're not talking about feelings today. We're talking about a choice. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. If you've been distant... Come running back to him. If you've been cold in your heart, fire up right now. Fire up in your heart by loving him. 
If something has confused you, if something's trying to distract you, a circumstantial thing, right now, come into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit apprehend your attention, your focus, and begin to move throughout your emotions, administering peace and power, stability. Just love Him. Love Him. going to enter this time and it's not the end of the service it's not the benediction it's not the time to leave this is such a sacred space right now this is such a special like holy time we're just going to open our hearts we're going to sing from our heart we're going to lift our hands in the first service as we began to sing some people without any invitation just felt like they needed to come to the altar and pray. Along the way, I'm going to have specific prayer as as the Lord leads. We will praise and we will have a, a specific call. But if you know you need to move from where you are to a place to get on your face before God, then you respond. Respond. Stand with me, everybody. We're going to begin by saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And what we're doing is saying you're welcome in the depths of who I am, in the core of who I am. You are welcome. Any place where I've been resistant, you are welcome. Come flood, Lord. Flood through my soul. Lord, just apprehend me for that which I've been apprehending. Let's sing it together. That's it. Just lift your hands. Give him all your heart.
feel like we could frame a response like this. Maybe for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit hasn't been welcomed. Like that love, that passion for him hasn't been there. And that is being confronted right now by your own choice. Like no more. I am, I am going to so welcome that. No more living that way. So as we sing this, if that would identify where you've been, unwelcoming of that kind of close relationship with Jesus. But that's changing today. I would invite you just to respond out of that choice and come to the altar. Maybe you, you've been so desiring, like you've wanted more. You've wanted more for us as a church, for us as a church, your own life, for us as a congregation. Like it's been the passionate desire. You want more and more of him. So you're so welcoming. And then there are those who've been unwelcoming. Let's both respond. Let's all respond out of that. So you're coming forward saying, Lord, more than ever before. Or you're coming saying, Lord, starting today. It's just going to be powerful. Along the way, I'll, I just feel that's the leading right now. We'll get to other things. But this is identifying whatever reason you've been lukewarm. No more. This is identifying there's been a passion and I've been hungry. And Lord, bring that road right through the desert. Lord, bring that river through the bad land. Just come as we sing it again. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Make that your heart. Come as we sing. Just let it, let it just build within you. You're just seeking first the kingdom. You're seeking first the person of Jesus. You're seeking with a heart of love. The Lord's just receiving it. And immediately you sense the love coming right back. You sense the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Nothing compares. There's nothing worth more than this, Lord. You're everything. You're everything. It's in an atmosphere like this that miracles can happen if you need to just let something go from the past, okay? It's right what Isaiah said. No more going over old history. God's doing a new thing in you right now. Right now. He's doing a new thing. You're fully present in this moment of what he's doing. You're alert to the activity of God in your life. He's doing a brand new thing. Oh, he's great. He's great. Just find your heart worshiping and reaching and loving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Second song. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say that today.
Let's lift our hands as we sing this. It's your
all the earth. Let's sing it together. The earth will shout. Our hearts Miracles are happening. You can just sense it. God's doing something right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We lift our hands, all the earth. Everybody, clap your hands and let's celebrate the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah! You know, you just you just swing that door of your heart just wide open and it's just full throttle declaring the greatness of God, His power in your life, this new day, this new work in you. It's awesome. I feel a leading. Let's just come together and let's, let's say thank you, Jesus. And when you're saying thank you, Jesus, to the one who demonstrated his love for us and that while we were sinners, he died, to the one who gives us new mercy every day, who knows everything we've ever done this past week or from the beginning of our life and still loves us. It's overwhelming. It's incredible. I want us to join and just... Give him thanks for that. That says it all right there. Let's lift our hands. Thank you. Jesus. You set me free. You set me free. Thank you. Christ my Savior. Christ my Savior. You rescued me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
going to sing it again. It's right to Him. Right to Him.
to say to some of you that have been fighting some habits or maybe even addiction what you're experiencing right now is something so much better than anything that that sin could ever offer you it's a relationship with Jesus and I think it's important for you to know that as you go forward and maybe you're thinking can I really overcome will will this be a turning point your performance is not the key it's what Christ did it's his performance in this culture we practice for position but spiritually we practice from position like if you know Jesus as your Savior you're made righteous by what Jesus did now we go forward like Paul did with an inner struggle with a, even at times a war going on and how we overcome that is by experiencing that power, that resurrection power. And we're going to fight that good fight and we're gonna fight it from victory. So it's not, will I be set free? You are free. Now you move forward in that freedom and you begin to grow in that freedom. You, you are discipled in that freedom. And, and it, it just changes everything when you realize that old things have passed away that's what the Bible says and everything has become new you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and now you move forward from that position as a believer and even when the temptation is at its height just say who you are if you feel yourself slipping into it declare who you are in Jesus I'm just telling you there's something that will happen because I think we go out go can I do it am I gonna make it am I gonna make it to the next week and it puts all of the emphasis on what you can do the emphasis is on what he's done and get that in your heart so you move forward from that victory and as you pursue Jesus there will just be a change that'll happen John is the one who wrote if you love me then obey my commands. But he wrote that from this, this whole idea of fellowship. And the more you love and realize what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. See, I'm not keeping covenant with Kelly because almost 28 years ago, we exchanged vows and you know, I'm just stuck. So I got to do it. You know, I love her. And honoring her is not out of duty, it's out of delight. It's like what I want to do. As you love Jesus, it's not, oh, can I, 
I can't sin anymore. No, it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to honor Jesus. Will I be tempted? Yes. But something begins to happen in your character. And, and a greater appetite replaces that appetite that you have right now for what is destroying you. And, and you, this is what Paul meant, that you crucify the flesh and you grow the fruit of the Spirit and you put to death the old way of living and you put off the grave clothes and put on that whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of life. And you will realize along the way, you don't want that old stuff like you used to. And you see it for what it, it, you see it for its destructive power. These people that have overdosed on heroin. I was watching a lady say, you know, people that are addicted to heroin, they will see that. But when you're addicted, you're addicted. And you're just living for the next, the next hit. There is only Jesus can break that. And he can break that addiction and put into you a whole new appetite. Process, yes, but he can do it. And I just, I think somebody is going to leave here and your performance is not going to be to attain a position in Jesus, but from the position you already have in Jesus. Like if I have a basketball team and you know you're a starter and you're not buying for position, you can just be at your best because you know you're going to start. That's a whole different thing of, you think I'll make the team? You think I'll make the starting five? If you are doing everything you're doing from position rather than for position, do you see how it changes it? And in, in the Christian walk, this is from position. Not hoping I'll be made. You're made righteous by what Jesus did. And I, I that makes me want to run and not turn back right there. That makes me want to run after Jesus. Amen. Go ahead, give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. Hey, we're going to celebrate a little bit as we sing this. Go to at least 15 people and hug them and tell them you love them. And I hope you have the best afternoon ever. God bless you, everybody.